Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 421 of The Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here with married Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. That's Mrs. Megan Francis to you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So you wrote (laughs) recently about taking your new husband's name or not. We will have to link that up. But you you are and forever will be Megan Francis to me and I think legally as well. And to the state of Michigan and to the United States of America as well. But you can call me Mrs. anytime you want. Just don't try to make me put it on paperwork. I like I like the occasional Mrs. Um, well, we are continuing our discussion about weddings that we started a couple of days ago on Sunday. In Sunday's More Than Mom episode, we had a lot of fun hearing about your recent wedding, Megan, and also talking about everything we could think of about planning a wedding and attending a wedding that does not involve children. So today we are married with children or talking about (laughs) attending weddings with children. And we're just going to talk through um, the different ways this shows up, namely um, bringing kids to weddings with you as little small guests, whether they're in utero or all the way up through big kids and everything that that entails. And then also having our kids be in weddings, which is a whole nother situation. It sure is. It sure is. (laughs) And then finally, everything that comes along with not bringing your kids to a wedding, which sounds like, why would we talk about that? But at least in my, I did a lot of that um, when my kids were small, making a decision to not bring them to a whole wedding or maybe bring them for part of it and arrange a childcare. Yeah. That can be sometimes more complicated than taking them to the wedding exactly. is not taking them to the wedding. Yeah. Or even having to turn down a wedding invitation right. because you just can't. You're eight months pregnant yeah. or you have your postpartum. So so not attending or not having your kids attend a wedding is a fraught decision in and of itself. And we're going to talk about that as well. Sarah, before we jump into like, I know we're going to tell some stories, but I'm curious if you've ever been to a wedding where uh, like a baby was in the wedding, like the the Ooh. bride's baby or the bride and groom's baby, because that is something 
I was married whilst pregnant, Mm -hmm. but I have seen weddings play out like on the internets where the mom is like carrying a toddler down the aisle or something like that. And I just, to me, it's like so lovely, but it seems like taking all those stressors to like the nth degree. You'd have to let go of all, yeah, all your expectations. I'm yeah. curious if you've ever, ever seen that. I haven't. I, I know some people I have had friends who did their wedding that way, but I was not by the time I met them, I had not been at that wedding. So I've seen some pictures. I'm thinking of one uh, acquaintance couple that we knew whose baby, I think it was like maybe around a year, like eight, nine months, yeah. a year when they got married and seeing the pictures of that and just thinking, Oh, that again, like in the pictures, Oh, what, how special that looks so lovely, but right. Reflecting back on what it would be like to have your own one-year-old a part of your right. wedding. <laughs> so like of all the stories we're about to tell about us being stressed because our kids are at or not at a wedding. Imagine it could be your kid at your very own wedding. Yes. Yes. Yeah toddling down the aisle after you or whatever. So, oh my gosh, so funny. (laughs) So let's dive right in and, um, we're going to share some, some tried and true hard-earned wisdom stories of us being at or in weddings with our children in tow. Um, I'm going to share a couple quick ones to kick us off. And, um, the first one is just that I was in my sister-in-law's wedding. Brian's younger sister got married when I was five weeks postpartum with my first child. So I'll just let that sink in for a second. Five (laughs) weeks. The wedding was across the entire United States of America. So it involved cross-country travel with a five-week-old newborn. And it involved a pale pink bridesmaid dress for me, like um, kind of a clingy, um, not gauzy is the wrong word, but like um, no structure to it, like a thin material with a more structured bodice for, um, boobs that I had never had in my life that I had like, where did these come from? Um, what's so sweet to me as I look back at that one is I was so new to motherhood that I didn't know any of this would be a problem when it was planned. And so the kind of the beautiful thing is I didn't know what to expect in terms of stress as a parent. Whereas some of these later stories that we tell, we're like, okay, buckle up. Like I'm going to have to get this four-year-old into a bow tie. Like I know what's coming. Whereas this, I was so clueless. I was so sleep deprived. I was so new to breastfeeding. So in a way I was weirdly protected from some of that stress, but not all of it because, um, I did have, um, not mastitis, but I I had clogged ducts when we were traveling. Um, I had, I was passing my five week old off to other family members, like while I was walking down the aisle and trying to be a bridesmaid. I mean, on Sunday we talked about like, you know, when, before you have your own kids, like you really, you do care about being a good bridesmaid or being a good bride for your bridal party. I cared a lot about doing the right thing. And so it just, in retrospect, like, I cannot believe that actually happened. The pictures are very cringy to me because it doesn't look like any body that I've ever had. Like it's not a pregnancy body. It's not a post. It's like, it's all just hanging out. So that was, that was a, that was a situation. Um, but the other quick story I want to share is I was a mom of two. I had a nearly three-year-old and a nearly one-year-old and I was in a wedding, but my kids were not, We'll, we'll save that for a bit down the road here. And, um, I was nursing my nine month old in the 
bridal party getting ready room. So we were all ready for the wedding. We were in our dresses, hair, makeup. I was the only bridesmaid that had any babies at all. So I was the only mom in this group of five or six bridesmaids. And the bride, my friend Allison, had gotten us these beautiful necklaces um, to wear that all matched. Um, Kind of like a statement necklace, um, Mm -hmm. like a big, chunky um, diamond-like, pretty sparkly um, and kind of heavy, chunky. Um, And I had little wiggly nine-month-old Reed breastfeeding, which already felt weird because the other bridesmaids were like, they just didn't relate. But I was a second time mom. I didn't think that much of it. And Reed reaches up with his little fat hand and grabs this necklace and pulls down and it breaks in his little hand in the room. (laughs) And we're like 10, 15 minutes before the ceremony, because this was the final breastfeed before I was going to be on bridesmaid duty. And a couple of the other bridesmaids saw it and our eyes got really wide. Of course, we do not want to bother the bride with this matching necklace calamity 10 minutes before the ceremony. and I felt so bad. And I, I do, I have fond memories of us kind of rallying together. And I believe what we did is that one of the ushers, maybe who was a friend from college, figured out a way to get yet. There was a little wire that was part of, I think, a boutonniere somewhere. Somehow we conspired with other wedding um, people in the wedding party. And I was given this piece of like flexible gold wire that I think had strung together a boutonniere. And we like repaired that necklace in the in the final seconds before uh, going down the aisle. But those are the first two, like, I don't know, mom of little stories that come to mind for me. So how about for you? Well, you know, it's so funny when you're talking about that five week postpartum with your first baby. It was crazy pants, but you did it. And it was like you, you were a little insulated from it. I just look back at that now and I'm like that time of my life, not yeah. that exact experience. And I'm like, we were so young Mm -hmm. and so game for anything really. And we just didn't like, we weren't weary yet. And I feel like now there's no way, like if you told me right now, Megan, you're going to be five weeks postpartum again, just that would have me like in the fetal position in the corner. But that they said, you're also going to fly across the country and be in a wedding and you're bringing your baby in it. Yeah. I'd be like, no, no, I won't. That's not happening. So it's like, there was sort of this innocence, this yes. like naivete about what that would require of you that made it possible. And it's only later you look like, like, what was I even thinking? Yep. So, um, yeah, I love that story. Well, I'll just share two quick stories and then uh, two two stories and a rant. How about that? Yeah. One was the, of course, inf- now infamous story of Isaac losing his mind at my brother, John and Jenna's wedding. Um that has gone viral. And that why is, why is it know. infamous, Megan? For someone who's just happened upon our, our <laughs> podcast, why is it's, this infamous? It's making the rounds again, by it the is. way. It People is. are tagging me in that. It's so I check. This is now tw- more than 20 years ago. Uh, no, probably just about 20 years ago um, or 21 this summer, maybe. Isaac, we were at my brother, John, and my best friend, Jenna's wedding. And we weren't in the wedding, but I just remember like we we were dressed up. Like I remember we were all very dressed up and there was a big family photo thing and Owen or sorry, Owen was not born yet. I was pregnant and Jacob was five and Isaac was three and both of them lost their minds, but it was mostly Isaac who lost his mind and just wouldn't be in the picture. Wouldn't stop screwing around. Just, it was terrible. And I was also the only one with little kids. None of my friends had little kids yet. And my sister's kids were a little older. So like I was that person there with the terrible children. And at one point I just scooped up Isaac 
and trudged away with him screaming under my arm. And my stepmother snapped a photo of it. Um, and then I posted it on Facebook. Like, I think it's been now like 12 or 13 years. Yeah. I mean, when you posted on Facebook, it was like, you had just discovered it and you were saying like, this is now so long ago. It was like 15, like Isaac was a teenager by then. And you were reflecting like this little kid grew up to be a great teenager, blah, blah, blah. So it was like the photo laid relatively dormant for 12, 14 years, something like that. And then, and then it blew up (laughs) and went viral. And now people keep turning it into memes. Yeah. And so the one that I think is making the rounds again is something about like, it doesn't matter how good a parent you are one day, you you two will carry your child screaming from a wedding or something like that. Anyway, it's just always funny when that happens because people's comments and how rude and nasty people can be. I'm like, have you ever, and most people aren't, most people are very like, oh, that's so funny. And that's happened to me. But a lot of people are like, "Uh, I would never do that. That's just teaching your child that they can have a tantrum or my kids would never act like that. And I'm like, just put yourself in someone else's shoes for a minute. It's like, you're at the most stressful situation you could be at. You're with your small children at a family event where your kid is acting up. I mean, acting a fool. It was, it was stressful. Um, Another story that I don't think I have told on the podcast before is that my other bestie, Missy, got married when Will was not quite a year old. And that was really stressful in a totally different way. Um, I don't remember kids being at the wedding. I kind of remember like John bringing Will to me at the very end of the reception. But the part that was the most stressful actually was being like doing my bridesmaid duties before the wedding. So like I had to throw or help throw Missy a bachelorette. I'd never done that. Yeah. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't have any money. And Jenna and I were trying to do the whole thing by phone. I didn't live in the same town as them at the time. Um, and it ended up being a really fun night. We got a hotel in Chicago and it was a group of maybe six or eight of us who went and it was really, really fun. Um, but like, I didn't know how to do those things. I didn't really know how to show up properly. And the whole day I felt kind of like I was falling down on the job. Like there were a few times where I had to take oh, or will and go nurse him. Yep. And that was when we were in the hotel room and like Missy's getting ready yep. and we're all having champagne and I'm trying. And, you know, I was a little bit of a lightweight because I had been pregnant and had a new, you know, not a newborn by that point, he was probably like nine months old, but you know, I was, my tolerance was way down. And I remember at one point standing up and being like, Ooh, gosh, I'm not sure I should have had that second <laughs> yeah. glass of champagne. Now we're walking down the wedding venue was like on the beach. And I remember thinking, just don't trip at your friend's wedding. Just don't fall over at your friend's wedding. I didn't, nobody yeah. did. Um, it was really stressful in a very different way yeah. from like being a guest with kids, even though Will wasn't really even around me most of the day, it was just stressful, but really it, fun. But she was like- a very nice wedding. It's like your identity of mom of a ba- and Will's your third kid, by the way. So you also have two other kids yeah. and a baby. Your identity every other day of the year is now suddenly in conflict with yes. the pomp, circumstance and ceremony that's supposed yeah. to happen. And that's exactly how I felt at a lot of weddings because I was a, a few years ahead, not as far ahead as you were, but I was a few years ahead of a lot of my peers. So yep. I was constantly you're right. It's not so much that the kid is at the wedding being a kid at a wedding. It's that your identity is sort of split or fractured for that day in a way that just feels really uncomfortable. Even if everyone has the best of intentions, it's just an uncomfortable experience. I remember feeling a little what left out at times, but people were trying really hard not to overburden me. But then I'd be like, well, I guess 
nobody even wants to give me anything to do because yeah. I'm a mom. And they yeah. and these were my friends who didn't have kids yet. So they didn't, you know, they didn't, everyone was just trying to be really accommodating and kind. But yeah. I think I took it sometimes as not really being part of things the way other people were. Well, it's occurring to me as we're having this conversation that if we are at weddings with very small children, like toddlers and babies, it's probably yeah. because we're pretty close to the people getting married yes. because as we'll, we're going to finish the episode talking about not bringing our kids to a wedding. And like when we were saying on Sunday in the more than mom, it's really fun to just go to a wedding as like a fun date and not be on the inner, inner circle. But my guess is that most of these weddings where we have really little kids with us, it's because this is family, friends, best friends. Like we, we want to show up for these things and yet we are still moms that day. So that's, that is stressful. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion, and because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the high vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. So another thing that I think is really challenging about all of this that we're talking about is that there's this weird length of time that it takes to plan a wedding. I think a lot of weddings, not yours, the one you just had, Megan, but a lot of weddings are planned, let's say, in a six to 18 month window. A lot of weddings take about a year to plan. Well, it turns out it also takes about a year to get pregnant, cook a baby, have a, cook a baby be postpartum. <laughs> yeah. I'm being really, I mean, obviously I'm painting with really broad strokes here, but something that came up for me again and again was someone would announce they're engaged. I would immediately be like, okay, when's the wedding going to be? I'm either 
maybe I'm trying to get pregnant. Maybe I think by that, by this time next year, I hope I'll be pregnant. Maybe I'm pregnant and now they've announced their wedding date. And now I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to be really pregnant. I'm going to be postpartum. There's this like constantly conflicting timelines. Um, and if it's someone close to you, I mean, if this is a wedding, like a sibling or a very dear friend, like I never felt like I was going to put my family, growing my family plans on hold for a wedding necessarily, but I did think about how pregnant am I going to be? Am I going to be postpartum? Am I going to be able to enjoy a glass of wine? Am I going to have a newborn? I've got to get a sitter for. So there's like this timing tension that almost never works out perfectly. I can't think of a wedding that turned out. um, Oh, actually I can. I have one, one that turned out perfectly. Brian had a very good friend from his growing up who got married when I was right about to be pregnant with my second baby. I didn't know. In fact, I probably was early pregnant at that wedding and didn't know. And I think as because of that, I was keeping it pretty chill on the drinking front, but I had a 15 month old. So I was feeling like, okay, I know what I'm doing. It wasn't quite as overwhelming to bring a baby to a wedding. And then I got pregnant with my second right after that wedding. That was good timing. I felt good. I wasn't sick. I wasn't, um, postpartum. And I was about to be hit with another pregnancy. But other than that, <laughs> the timing rarely works out. Something, Some bodily function of growing babies and attending weddings is probably going to be in conflict. And that's just stressful. Well, and you hear those stories, like the Bridezilla stories. And these are one of those where I'm like, is this an urban legend? Is this really a real thing? But you will occasionally read an advice column, let's say, or whatever, where a bride is mad because a, a bridesmaid or a maid of honor got pregnant. And couldn't wear the original dress or couldn't participate in all the stuff. And I mean, I feel like that's so out there. Could it even be real? But of course it's real because people are crazy. So like not all people are crazy, but there's somebody out there who yep. got mad at somebody else because they got pregnant. There's probably someone listening right now. To oh, I'm that sure. I guarantee that we have. And probably we have people who could argue on both sides of that, that they, just, they, <laughs> they can't believe that someone right. like. You know. would dare to mess up their big day by getting <laughs> pregnant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. And I think that that's just one more of the loaded interpersonal dynamics that happen with any wedding. It could be so loaded with any wedding and then add kids in the mix. And yeah. it just creates so much more of a loaded poss- the possibility for loadedness. Oh, it's all hard. I had one more little, uh, it's not exactly a story, but a memory from this period of my life where I had small children, especially when the boys were all young, um, at least in those days, it was really hard to find wedding appropriate clothes for small boys, especially on a short notice. So I have all these memories of like going to the mall. Sometimes it was the mall at home and I'd be, you know, ahead of time. Sometimes it was like, we'd wait till we got to the town where the wedding was because it felt easier to just buy everything there. And you'd be looking for those. I don't even know if they still sell these, but you could buy them pretty cheap and they'd be like at JCPenney or Kohl's or something. And they were like these little um, three piece suits, but without the jacket. So it would be like a little pair of slacks, a little button down shirt, and then like a, a little vest that was usually stitched onto the shirt. And these were practically disposable clothing. Like you, there was probably never going to be worn again. They were cheaply made. But if you were just going to like a family wedding, they were look super cute on the kids and they were cheap. And you could usually, they were always 40% off because it's Kohl's, right? Everything's always like yeah. <laughs> some percentage off that feels fake. But it, 
like trying to track those down. Or then if it was like a less fancy wedding, it'd be like, okay, well now we're gonna, let's spend a little more money on something casual because the kids will wear it again. So let's go to like Baby Gap or Gymboree yeah. and find khakis and golf shirts and like really cute little shoes. Sometimes you just couldn't find the thing you were looking for. Yeah. Um, and that felt so stressful. Or those little boy shoes, I could never find them in the size my boys actually were. It just, that was like, very difficult. And I well, remember because I had so many little boys, Clara, much easier. I could just raid her closet. Yeah. Yes. And she had dresses and tights, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, not to mention that a three, four, five, six year old who has to be put in a certain outfit for an event is like a loaded grenade. I mean, like yes. I'm thinking of it, like forget, um, shiny shoes, any kind of event wear. <laughs> Yeah. Assumes that said child is going to willingly put on said outfit and said shoes, which is super stressful as a mom. At least I had kids yeah. who it was like I could pick out the perfect outfit, even if I could find it and it was affordable. That doesn't mean the kid would wear it. So that's and they would bulk some... at the shoes often. Yeah. That's what I remember. And I also remember having those dressy shoes that each of the boys had in their closets. And every time there was an event, I'd be like, OK, guys, go find your shoes. They could never find them or they'd have one. And not the other one. So I couldn't even tell you how much money I spent replacing once worn clothing when my yeah, kids were little. Yeah. So yeah, just it's another like, stressor. Yeah. Well, maybe um, before we talk about, you know, having kids in the actual ceremony, I'll just share a couple of things that were kind of happy memories of my kids at weddings when they were really small. Um, there were certain times where I actually appreciated having an excuse to maybe not stand around and have a bunch of small talk with people I didn't know that well. Um, there were definitely weddings where um, running around with my, say, two and four or three and five-year-olds, letting them um, burn off some steam in the grass outside the church or color on a program in the back. I actually kind of liked that. I liked that it my I was solidly in my role as mom. Everybody knew, could see, like, I had my hands full. Um, so I, there were some times where I enjoyed that and where actually I felt really good about having my kids look, you know, be in cute outfits and like be a part of things. I have some sweet memories of a toddler on a dance floor, like holding hands with the older kids and dancing. So I wonder if you have any like reflections that aren't all, um, tears, uh, yeah, no, they're basically like, so all of, stress. all of that said, I love little kids at weddings. I think weddings with kids at them are the best. So all of what I've shared about it being personally stressful for me to get my kids to the weddings does yeah. not take away from the fact that I think kids at weddings are great. Um, it's just one of the things moms kind of have to deal with when yeah. they're in that period of life. And yeah, like all the same things, kids dancing. We, I, I have memories of like all of my kids cracking, like busting a rug and being hilarious and cracking us all up. The cousins dancing together, me dancing with a baby or two babies on my hip. Sometimes it'd be like, my kid and like a cousin yeah. and dancing around. I have photos of some of that. It's lovely. So I love all that stuff. And there is something really special and multi-generational about it mm -hmm. that I think is great. And when we have our reception in the fall, where it'll be more like that, like inviting, yeah. not just our closest family, but extending the invitations. I really hope we have some little kids there. Cause I think it's great. Yeah. Well, let's um, talk about when our kids are actually in the wedding. Um, I know you have some Clara flower girl yeah. stories. Do you, but before you get to those, were your 
older boys in weddings or just attending with you? Often? I do not remember any of my boys being in any weddings. I cannot, I couldn't remember if they did. I feel like maybe one of them might've been a spring bearer at some point, but like, if so, it's not very memorable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Clara was a flower girl twice because she was the old, well, she was the only girl even near the right age range when uh, my ex's sister got married. So she was literally the, the only girl cousin that existed. Yeah. And she was, I don't even think three yet. She was really little. And then a year later or a little bit more than a year later, she was four. She was one of the flower girls alongside her cousin. I think both of her girl cousins on my, my brother's daughters, uh, my brother Buck's daughters. They all three together were flower girls, I believe, for my um, stepbrother Adam and sister-in-law Jen's wedding. And that one was a little bit better. She still didn't want to do it, but Jen was really good at like convincing her. It was like the the two of the, it worked really well. Jen was mm-hmm. good at that. When she was like the two and three quarters year old, um, it just, it, yeah. I feel like it was a little bit of a debacle. I don't really remember if she made it all the way down the aisle. I don't remember if she did what she was supposed to do. I think it was like, I went down and sat in that front pew and tried to kind of coax her down like mm-hmm. happens. And I also remember her losing her mind while the photos were being taken after the wedding and the photographer handed her a sucker and that went over great. And then the photographer took it away. Oh, God. <laughs> and then wanted her to smile for photos. I was yeah. like, what are, what is happening? What planet right now? are you living on? Right. That, that was a good yeah. idea. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So <sighs> that. So I have, well, I have another question for you. Were any of those, were you also part of the bridal party when you had a kid in the ceremony? Okay. No, 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 no. So I will just. I can't even imagine the level of. Tell you the special kind of um, trauma (laughs) is when. I can't even imagine that. You are in a wedding. Your child is in the wedding, but also your spouse is in the wedding. I've had. I've had it lots of different ways, Um, but you cannot, it cannot be done without, I don't know. Well, maybe it feels impossible. impossible. Like a baby wrangler. Yeah. Grandparents like helping. So here's what I'll, I've had my kids in weddings um, a number of different times and ways. And sometimes it's been lovely when you were talking about um, your sister-in-law, Jen and Clara, I think if the bride or the bride and groom are really understand what life with kids is like and want it to feel like fun and funny and inclusive. I think it can just be a a hoot, a lot of fun. And I think there's a whole range of how that can play out. Um, Not all bride or bride and grooms have experience with small kids. And I admit when I was a bride, Brian had a cousin, a first cousin, but who's much, much younger, who a five-year-old. And I thought, oh, she would be just a darling flower girl. And she was, but she was at a good age and her mom was really chill and it ended up being great. But had there been an issue, had she like had a snivelly nose or had a blankie she wanted to carry with her, I would, as a bride, I would have had no idea what the mom's right. experience was like, how much of that mom's, because the mom is Brian's uncle's wife. I didn't know her very well. Um, How much of her day was involved in putting her daughter's hair up and getting the flowers. Right. Like I was truly clueless. And so that's not because I was a bad person, I don't think, or, or like not considering other people's feelings. I just didn't know. So there are the weddings where the, where the bride and groom 
maybe have the best intentions to include a cute little kid in the ceremony, but if they don't get it, that can set you up for some really tense times and, and, and just mismatched expectations. Whereas when my sister got married, I mean, she'd been an aunt and her husband and uncle many times over, they had a bunch of little kids on both sides. They wanted to include literally all of them. Um, they didn't care if like a kid bailed at the last minute. They, they made it easy for us as parents. Um, that wedding I was in, but my kids were a little older. My kids were like 10, eight and six or something like that. Um, the time where both Brian and I were in a wedding and one of our very small children was in the wedding. That, that's also the wedding where Reed pulled the necklace off like that. And both kids were sick and it was snowing. Like that's the one where I, it was like, it was too much. So I guess I, that was a lot to say. I've experienced it at all in all different ways. I just recommend if you could at all possible, not be in the wedding when your kid is also in the wedding. And I also think that like, it's easy for someone who doesn't have that experience with your specific family or who isn't even a mom at that particular moment of small kids. I even wonder how accurate my memory would be now. Yeah. Um, it's one thing to, to hang out with a little kid in some kind of low key family situation where mom is always in arm's reach and nothing is different and be like, Oh, they're so easygoing. Like they would be great. It's very different when you take them out of that home environment Make them wait around in a church for three hours. Put wear them in uncomfortable weird, shoes. Wear uncomfortable shoes. Be away from mom, yep. who sometimes can be seen but not touched. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mom's there but not really snuggleable at this moment. Like, all of that is so much to expect of a really little kid. And I think you almost have to be fully in it in that moment to even remember exactly. Yeah. Like, to really gauge how well that kid, particular kid would be able to do with that particular situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, and going back to the thing I said about timing, like your daughter might be asked to be a flower girl when she's two and a half for a wedding that's going to not happen for a year and a half. Like, yeah, it's there's like even the planning when you're talking about little kids, knowing what they'll be capable of or what phase they'll be in, like what kind of shoe they'll yeah. be averse to. There's so much planning ahead that happens and it's so hard to plan ahead with little kids. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you about the kids who were at your wedding with Eric that just happened because they are teenagers and young adults. And I, um, I'm trying to think if I was ever involved in a wedding as I I think when I was 11, I was like a candle lighter at my aunt's wedding. I was too young to be a bridesmaid, too old to be a flower girl. And they made a little part in the ceremony for my cousin and me. But I think it's really cool when older kids and even teenagers can have some role. And I'm curious if you and Eric talked about that or if your um, combined teen and young adult kids had any like formal role in the wedding? No, but the wedding itself was so informal. There really weren't. So Owen and Sammy, his daughter did hold the rings. Um, There wasn't a lot of pomp and circumstance around that. We just needed someone to hold the rings. And I believe Sammy had stopped by one day. She's off at college, but she had, she was home for a week and she stopped by and I showed her the rings and then was like, Oh, Hey, Owen was sitting there. And I said, you two would be great for holding the rings. <laughs> that was literally how it happened. They're like, okay. Um, but there was no way to include all of them. So it was best just to keep the roles limited. I yeah. think there wouldn't have been any way to meaningfully include all seven kids. So we kept that really low key. Yeah. So no. I mean, I'm just thinking about this. Like if I had a family member having a wedding now, I would want um, eight to 12 year olds to have jobs at the wedding. They're great little, like nobody puts tweens and young teens in weddings because they're less adorably small. But I actually think 
um, you could really have a meaningful part of nieces and nephews or friends, kids passing out programs, lighting candles. Um, and that yeah. age is just so much more reasonable to work with and still loves to be included. And maybe with right. the right, maybe the right That's teenagers the still also. loves to be included. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. It, it, it was, it was appropriate for the kind of ceremony we had. I yeah, thought of that, course. that, yeah. You didn't yeah. just have spare 11 and 12 year olds around to give we a didn't different have any job lying to. around. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. No. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, well, I'm a little sweaty, Megan, thinking about (laughs) all of this. Um, But let's talk about the times in our lives where we have had been moms, had our own children, but not wanted or had them with us at a wedding. Um, Did you experience this? Because you had kids so young and then people were getting married. Did you ever just ditch your kids? So I really kind of missed out in my 20s and early 30s. I missed out on that stage of like a lot of my friends getting married and me getting to just go to the weddings, you know, footloose and fancy free. Um, And because I got because I had kids younger than most of my friends, kind of all of my friends and many of my siblings, my kids were often one of very few other kids at the wedding, which, like we've said already, creates a different kind of feeling than if there's tons of people all having kids at once, you know, so it felt like the outlier. So a lot of times when it was like really close people, I've talked about John and Jenna's wedding and Missy's wedding. I found a way to make it work. Like I would have a a family family member there to take care of them, or maybe they'd be at home with the sitter. But with other people, like I'm thinking, you know, my ex's cousins or my cousins, things like that. If they weren't kid-friendly weddings, I either just didn't go. And I remember that being very... um, I got kind of embroiled in in some controversy. I think I might have, or controversy, mm. controversy. I think I might've written like an op-ed about that Ooh. when I was young. Yeah. I was like in my twenties and I had a whole bunch of kids and you know, the invitations were starting to roll in. And I was kind of like, look, you can't have it both ways. You can't get mad at people when they can't make it to your wedding, but also insist on no kids. Like it's got, you have to oh, understand no, yeah, that. You cannot, yeah. that's not how boundaries work. <laughs> like you get to pick right. one. <laughs> right. Pick one, like no kids, which is fine. Although I, I think for a lot of reasons, kids at weddings are wonderful. It doesn't always work. Or um, you just can't have that expectation of people are be mad because they can't come because the cost and the logistical gymnastics. Um, I remember going to maybe a total of three weddings at that stage of my life without my kids. Um, one was for like a childhood best friend. I didn't stay long. One was for a college friend. I only stayed maybe an hour, an hour and a half because I had a nursing baby and then was one was for one of my ex's cousins. And as I recall, 
we had to like hire a sitter in another state. Yeah, that's hard. That was so, so, so stressful. Um, on the flip side, when my kids got older, I was actually a sanctioned wedding crasher twice. Wait, what do you mean by that? Like, I mean uh, that the bridal party invited me to crash their wedding at the very end because, okay, in both cases, these were like fancy weddings where I wasn't that good friends with the people getting married and their parents were paying for it and didn't want more than however many guests. So they were like, just dress up and come at the end. Oh my gosh. So I did that in Chicago and I did it in Grand Rapids and that was a blast. So John and I would like get dressed up and go to the city and just hang out. (laughs) <laughs> and like be, we'd be in the same hotel where the wedding was happening, but we'd just go like to the bar downstairs or whatever. And then like a scout would get sent out and the bridal party wasn't like that into us. They didn't care if we were there or not. It, yeah. like, it did. They just wanted fun people yeah. at the end for like that last hour. Um, and we were very fun people. And so one memory I have, it was our local friend, um, Lars's sister, maybe. Okay. And we were on this other, it was like in this big multi-leveled bar. And he came, we were on one floor in this piano bar. And for some reason, the piano bar guys let me get up and sing on stage with them. I don't remember oh why. Like, it was just one of those nights. And then at one point, Lars comes down. He's like, okay, guys, it's time. So then we all go up together. And then you're trying to like fit in with the people who are still there and make it like you were there the whole time. I've been here the whole time. But no one cared because no one was out any money. It's yeah. not like we yeah. ate all their food and drank all their drinks. It yeah. was like, but it was just coming for the dance party at the end. That was super fun. Very different experience than me schlepping my, my, you know, leaky boobs yeah. to, um, weddings in my, you know, late twenties and then having to go home after an hour. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I love that. Yeah. I think I've done this a, a bunch of different ways. I think the best so when, when we had really little kids, if we were both invited to a wedding and we weren't planning on bringing kids. And it's not necessarily because the invitation said no kids. It may be, we didn't want to fly on an airplane yeah. or we had too many kids or whatever. So sometimes Brian or I would go solo. I had at least one, maybe two weddings where I did that in Chicago, where it was a closer college friend of mine. And of course I would have loved to have Brian with me, but we just divided and conquered and he stayed home with the kids yeah. and I went, and then I'd be like a third wheel with other college friends. And that was really, really fun. I'm happy that I did that. Um, as the kids got a little older or if a wedding hit right at the sweet spot between preg- you know, weaning and a pregnancy, um, Brian and I would line up the grandparents and go for a night or two. And that was also really fun because it was time away for us. And it was, it's as everybody knows, it is stressful to leave small kids at home with even the most attentive grandparents, it's just a lot of work. Like the work that the mental load and the work that goes into preparing to leave your kids behind is not something you take lightly. So it's, it's like a trade-off you, you know, think, will this wedding be fun? And will be, we be glad for the expense and the time away and all the logistics. And yeah, sometimes we did it and, and it was great. I prefer that to doing the thing you talked about, which is like somehow bring a kid with you, but then line up childcare or somehow arrange for them to do it like half and half. I can think of a wedding we did in Mich. I want to say it was in Michigan, maybe Chicago friends, but I feel like it was in Michigan where, um, my second baby was like four months old. So I was not going to leave him, but also I didn't really want to have him at the whole wedding. We brought him into the church. And then I, I honestly think Megan, I think I was in the hotel room. I think I just let Brian go to the party. Like I might've scooped down some chicken. And so I had my dinner, but like 
there was no good way to do it. He was old enough that the noise and the lights were kind of bothering him. He wasn't a teeny, teeny newborn. It was just like that way is hard. Um, so yeah, I if, agree. Yeah. Yes. I'd rather just yeah. leave them at home, which is stressful. And if we did it that way, it was often very short, like out and back in two days. But, you know, it was I'm, I have some happy memories of having done it that way. Weddings are a fun date night when you're in your 20s and 30s and you haven't like connected with your spouse in a while. It's like it's yeah. a fun reason to get dressed up. Um, when you I, crash someone else's wedding. Yeah. Uh, well, I was quickly going to say that one thing that I think can be really tricky and hard, especially when it's like an out of town family wedding is the expectation that it will double as some kind of family gathering slash get together. Uh, yeah. Which can make that whole, like, I'll leave the kid at home with one of those, you know, one spouse goes and the other one stays yeah. home with the kids really hard. Cause you're getting the pressure maybe from your in-laws, maybe from, yeah, they want to the, see everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe from the bride's aunt or the groom's uncle or whatever, they want to see you. So it's like, it'll be so fun. And again, I think sometimes it's like the elder generation totally. forgetting that this is not fun. Not There's fun. nothing fun about this. And it's yeah. expensive. It's, it's hugely yeah. expensive and it's, and not fun. So yes, that's such a good point that there is this pressure to like, we want to see the baby or that like, we're all going to be together at so-and-so's wedding anyway. Yeah, that is, that's complicated. Um, I know you mentioned like no kids on the invitation wedding. And I I'm with you that I think having children at a wedding as like including them can be really special. I, but I'm okay with someone saying no kids on their invitation because I really like to know what's expected. And I would much rather um, not bring kids where kids aren't welcome. So I guess all I was going to say about that is I agree with you. You can't, have it both ways. You can't like say it's okay for kids to be there, but then have no understanding or accommodations for families with young children. I think that when I've seen it done the best is when, yes, everyone's included and we understand that you'll be breastfeeding. We understand that you've got a toddler. We understand that the kids may not make it till the 10 o'clock cake cutting. Like that feels very fair and inclusive. And I've been to lots of weddings like that. Also, what feels fair is just saying this wedding is not for children. I'm as a guest, I am totally okay with that. It's the in between that feels stressful. Like, yes, bring your kids, but here's all the ways in which it's going to be super hard. Yeah. And I think too, they're again, focusing, trying to reframe some of maybe my grumpiness and feeling left outedness when I was in that stage of life where like, if kids weren't, ex you know, expressly invited, I just couldn't usually go. And right. then sometimes would feel like I'd let someone down because they would, sometimes basically say so, but yeah. other times just like the implication was you should have made this work. There were other weddings where like people would really go out of their way to make it work for everyone. I went to, I've been to, um, weddings where there's like sitters that take the kids uh -huh. and do stuff with them to keep them out of everyone's hair. And that's great. I've had it where if it's a cost issue, there's ways that they've worked around that so that kids aren't eating a hundred dollar, yep. you know, I've had both of uh, those too. Yeah. Dinner. And I think that if you have people who are really important to you, who have small children and it's important to you that they're in the wedding or at the wedding, then that's a good place to spend your money. Yeah. Um, if it's more important to you to just have a really, really nice dinner, then, then you just have to kind of take that. Like you might have to take that trade off that you can't do it both ways. And I think people are getting better about being creative. Um, yeah. for a while, I just feel like it was very stuffy. It was like, yeah. it all has to fit into this box. And if you can't pack it, then you can't be there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I agree. And I guess like back to what we talked about on Sunday, not 
everybody cares about the same things with regard to planning right. their wedding. And I would never take it away from any bride or couple um, to not try to have the wedding of their dreams. I just think like you get to design the wedding that you want and then other people get to come or not come as they want. And you can't yeah. expect people to bring small babies and children to a wedding that's not um, I don't want to say accommodating. That makes it sound like I think everyone should bend over backwards. But the things you're talking about, um, yeah. consider the implications of a multi-generational wedding. So I don't yeah. know. Did we get in trouble there at the end, do you think? Probably, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, I trust that our listeners um, can hear our good intentions. And I, I like um, hearing wedding drama stories. So if anyone has a doozy about Ooh, um, being in it. a wedding, your kids being in a wedding, a bridezilla of, uh, you know, maybe you were the bridezilla. Maybe there was a bridezilla. Um, I would love to hear from a reformed bridezilla. Ooh, that's a good one. Like somebody who was a bridezilla before kids and then is like repentant. Now. Yeah, that like I get it now. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. Well, again, Megan, from everybody, congratulations on your wedding. If uh, listeners, if you have not listened to the Sunday More Than Mom episode, we did. There's lots of details about Megan's wedding and there's pictures on our website. Um, so this was has been really fun to dive into all things weddings in honor of yours. Um, and so thanks for being here, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you liked today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.